You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, a typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Webcology. It's the 12th of 2008. Um, well, it's 12th of June already. I know. I know. It's, uh, well, I got kids about to leave school now and, and uh, pal around for the whole summer. So, you know, <laughs> might mean a little more to me than, than some other people because that's, uh, you know, something. <laughs> we have an amazing, a tremendous, uh, controversial show coming up today. Um, before we jump in, I want to apologize for last week. Dave and I were um, likely sick to the gills coming back from the Search Marketing Expo advanced in, uh, in Seattle. Um, not sure where you were at uh, 2 p.m. Eastern last week, Dave, but I was on like a ferry boat. It was more like a roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, I know that. Uh, that, was a, that was a fun ride home. Um, Just incredible. Yeah. That was a great conference, eh? What'd you think? I thought it was uh, like a great opportunity to chat with uh, you know a lot of really interesting people who have uh, you know, some, some totally different insights on on different areas. You know, we all obviously kind of specialize in, in specific things, and um, you know, getting a chance to chat with uh, you know one of the more notable you know to me, anyways, was. Uh, Chatting with uh, or, or watching the chat between uh, John Glick and Cindy Crum, and, and you know eyes lighting up as they geeked out about local mobile, <laughs> uh, you know yeah, stuff like that, and just, just getting to, to take all that in and get a different take on on different things that uh, you know I might not be monitoring as closely because it's not um, you know my core area of expertise. So 
uh, really neat, and, and that certainly wasn't the only one. There was a, a bunch of great networking, a bunch of great people, and uh, a really good time. And actually, one of our guys from MetaMend, um, Colin Cochran, actually ended up uh, stealing the algorithm from Matt Cutts. He's got a picture of himself stealing the algorithm up on his blog, com, And he was uh, secretly handed the Microsoft Live algorithm by... Uh, Jeremiah Andrick, uh, which I thought was a nice, a nice move on on Microsoft Live's part. <laughs> well, and Jeremiah's uh, well, you know, had a chance. You know, obviously we both had a, had, a, had a good chance to chat with him, and uh, he, he he definitely represents his company very very well. A really good guy, and uh, manages to uh, you know keep things behind closed doors, but still be uh, still be accessible and, uh, and and happy to answer some the questions that he can. Um, so yeah, uh, I was really impressed with him as well. Uh, a total total class act, an amazing fella. Oh, hey, yeah. speaking of class acts, uh, they were, were going to be twittering our show today because, um, as as I said, it's, this is probably the most controversial webcology we've done yet. But um, of course, Twitter is like overloaded. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of class acts, there, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, actually, speaking of class acts, uh, sad news for Yahoo today. It was announced that um, probably their very best blogger, uh, Jeremy Zodney, has uh, has left the company. Yeah, no, I didn't know about that until uh, until just a few minutes ago when you you happened to mention it on uh, on IM to me, and that's uh, well, you know what? What do you what's what's next for him? What do you think? I have no idea. And, and, and then what's next no for, what's for next Yahoo? For How are they going to replace him? He's a former Yahoo. He's a, he's a former Yahooite. He's in the uh, Silicon Valley. Um, my guess is he's going VC. Now, what do you think is going to happen to, will they, will they be able to replace them? Is this just, you know, kind of, again, the beginning of the end for, uh, for Yahoo here? You know, um, and, and are all, they going all bets to lose are off until time? August 1st. Honest to goodness. Uh, we've, we've, we've analyzed the Yahoo situation to death on this show. Um, Danny Sullivan's analyzed it to death. Uh, um, I think every webmaster radio show has had something on, on, uh, on the demise of Yahoo, every webmaster radio show has covered the demise of Yahoo, and really, honestly, we're not going to know anything until August the 1st. Um, when we do find out, it'll be an interesting day. Uh, it is questionable whether Jerry Yanks will even has a job afterwards. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, incidentally, whoever just phoned me on my cell phone, sorry, to, somebody keeps phoning me, and people know not to call me during this hour, so I just pick up my cell phone and talked into it as well as the microphone, so I hope they understand what we were talking about. <laughs> Apparently not. Um, it may well be an emergency. Anyway, I'm going to ignore that, and I'm going to keep right on going. We have another conference coming up next week, Search Engine Strategies Toronto. That is going to, that is going to be a fun, fun show. It's uh, probably the smallest of the major Search Engine Strategies shows, but it's definitely the most intimate. Dave, unfortunately, you're not going to be there. I won't be there, and that is a, that is a real, I mean, these are, you, know, you got to, as you know, well, you don't, you go to, you go to all of them, but, you know, I, I've got to choose which ones I go to, and it was just coming too close after, uh, after SMX to, uh, to attend, but you've got a, a couple speaking, uh, speaking engagements there as well. Yeah, I have two speaking engagements at SES Toronto. Um, the first one is, uh, a panel called Beyond Link Bait, the, uh, how to get authoritative online mentions. That's going to be a great panel. I'm really looking forward to that. And the second one that I'm going to be doing is a site clinic panel. 
that's huge fun. That's almost as fun as doing a live webmaster radio show as we're doing right now. Um, my cell phone went again, so I was talking to it. <laughs> um, I'm going to be doing a, lo- a site clinic panel, which is a- a- enormous fun. You have no idea what's coming at you when you're doing site clinics. Um, okay, Dave, could you do yep. a favor? Can you carry the show for a half second? I've <laughs> Honestly, I'm going to answer this call. Okay, you answer the call. Um, okay, that's uh, that's an interesting uh, interesting little segue. Gotta love uh, gotta love live radio. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, it stands to be a good one. I don't know if uh, if our listeners here are going to be able to actually, uh, or how many will be able to attend uh, the Toronto one. But um, for anybody who can, it has a, a completely different feel if you've attended the other SES events. Um, has a completely different feel. It's uh, it's much smaller, much more personal than uh, than other events, as I'm sure Jim can attest to. Uh, and and there's much more opportunity to interact. Um, you know, not there's any shortage at most of the SES events, but uh, much more opportunity to to interact with the speakers and uh, and other notables that'll that'll be present. Um, just to get the opportunity to you know, if you, if your questions weren't answered in uh, say on uh, on Beyond Link Bait uh, on Jim's session. Uh, to get a chance to uh, to chat with him and uh, and, and get that sorted, um, but he's also uh, totally right. We've got a phenomenal show coming up. I don't know if I should wait for him to come back to uh, to kind of introduce uh, introduce the show and, and see uh, sort of note who's uh, who's going to be coming on. Um, so I will. Uh, I guess I should just uh, just sort of keep that and uh, and let him uh, let him launch into it, but. It is going to be a great show. It'll be covering yeah. uh, some of the interesting points of Wikipedia, which uh, should be interesting to all of our all of our uh, listeners here. Hey, Dave, okay. uh, it's going to be a great oh, show. I can't wait till we get going. Um, hey, hey, George, could you do me a big favor? Could you um, IM me the the number for the call in? Um, one of our guests is actually on my cell phone, and she doesn't have the number. Absolutely. Live radio, friends. <laughs> Okay, while we're, while we're waiting for the number to be IM'd over to me, which I will then transfer to our guest, um, I'm going to do a quick intro on the show. Actually, I'm going to pass the number first, then I'm going to do the quick intro on the show. The number is one eight six six nine one six. You're going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but by the way, if you're going to mention SES Toronto, you want to want to mention that our, our own Brian Eisenberg will also be keynoting there at the event. Ah, well, I guess and I don't if, have to now because you just did. <laughs> and for anyone attending, point. if uh, you haven't heard Brian speak before, you, you, you seriously, you got to hear this guy talk. He's he's an incredible speaker. Okay, friends. We have, as I've said, uh, this is you know this is this is live radio, so things happen. We have a great show coming up for you. The the, the people have heard about issues that Wikipedia administrators and editors face when it comes to harassment. Recently, a very well known editor from Wikipedia had to had to well felt moved to resign uh, his position. This, this, this was a fellow who took it upon himself to actually go out and interview people, to go out and take, re- to take his own photographs for the entries that he was putting into Wikipedia. This is one of the guys who really cared about making a quality resource. And one of his uh, several Wikipedia users 
took it upon themselves to harass this man, to threaten his family, and to push him to the point where he felt he could no longer be uh, uh, to participate in the Wikipedia project. We also have one of the more controversial administrators from Wikipedia, uh, Lisa Bohr, a.k.a. Dorova. She's going to be on the show, um, joining our other guest, David Shankbone. Um, we're going to be getting to them in a few moments. Uh, we have a few technical issues to work through. We're going to be cutting to commercial, but friends, stick around. There's going to be fireworks in about two minutes here on webmasterradio.fm. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. SEOSeek.com is your one-stop site for everything SEO. From search engine marketing to pay-per-click management, SEOSeek.com delivers high-quality SEO services at affordable prices. SEOSeek.com can help you with SEO analysis, monthly reports, title and meta tag optimization, email support, and so much more. Want to keep your SEO in-house? Let our professional trainers teach SEO to your staff. Get a free quote and a free competitive analysis today at SEOSeek.com. Hey, what's that sound coming from your computer? That's the sound of me making money with ReferBack.com. They've shown me how to... ReferBack.com show me how to turn clicks on my existing site into cash. ReferBack gives you free banners, mailers, even your own personal account manager. Oh, can they help me make money off my blog, too? Absolutely. Your websites, your blogs, they can all be making you money. You can even earn 50% commission on your first month. Put some into your website. Just visit ReferBack.com. Friend Finder. Friend Finder. The world's largest online dating network. Featuring over 100 million profiles at hot sites such as Passion.com and FastCupid.com. Represents enormous profit-making opportunities for webmasters just like you. With, with Friend Finder's ability to geo-target and provide billing solutions in most languages and currencies, you are sure to find our comprehensive network to be a good friend to your wallet. wallet. Get more traffic maximizing details now at FriendFinder.com. PPC Rockstars. Get ready to rumble through the latest PPC news and views from around the blogosphere. Learn from our host, David Zatella, and the PPC pros that will take you to the promised land of PPC profit. PPC Rockstars. Live broadcast Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the advertising channel. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Webmasterradio.fm is now on Facebook, MySpace, and Twitter. Get out your spray paint and put your graffiti on our wall. Get all the details on the webmasterradio.fm homepage. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Yeah, friends. Welcome back to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. This is Jim Hedger from metamen.com and Dave Davies from beamstockseo.com. And we're joined by uh, two of the most interesting guests we've had on in a long time. As I said, this is going to be a nice and controversial show. Um, David Shankbone, former editor and administrator from Wikipedia, and Lise Bohr, um, also known as Jarova, also a former administrator from Wikipedia. Both of you, welcome to Webcology on Webmaster Radio. Thank you, Jim. Thank you very much, Jim. Um, I guess 
this is a really complicated issue. This is a, a, a very difficult one to tackle. So I think the easiest way is for each of you to really quickly explain the situation. Um, David, you wrote an article that got published in the Brooklyn Rail last week, Nobody's Safe in Cyberspace. Could you just really quickly cover that article? Uh, sure. The, the, the article basically tracks um, why I started working on Wikipedia two years ago, uh, the things that I accomplished for the site, and then sort of uh, the unfortunate end that, uh, that, my, that my tenure on uh, Wikipedia met. Um, which was in the in the guise of a uh, of an internet stalker who took issue with um, uh, the person who's known as uh, New York's gay porn neo king neocon kingpin Michael Lewis Michael Lucas it is um, and uh, I had met him at a party he had asked me to um, to fix a couple of errors on his page uh, one they, we had the wrong last name for him. Um, it wasn't a last name that came out of thin air. It was actually his father's name. So it's understandable that somebody would have believed that that was his birth name, but he was never given that name um, at birth. And so uh, he supplied his birth certificate, which I photographed um, for the site, along with uh, two two different passports, one his Soviet passport and the other his uh, American passport um, that showed his correct birth name. Uh, and so I made that correction. The other thing was uh, a piece of semantic minutia is the uh, the article had described him as being a prostitute in his early 20s, and he had preferred the term male escort, um, which is uh, uh, I, I didn't think that that was a big uh, big issue um, to to make that change. Uh, after I made those two changes, a uh, a person um, who has a an IP address registered in Northern New Jersey. Uh, had, took extreme uh, issue with this. Now, in my research, I found that this IP range um, that had been uh, had been working on uh, the gay porn um, uh, articles on Wikipedia, which is, which is not an area that I'm usually I usually ever touch. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think the Michael Lucas was the first time I'd ever I'd ever um, ventured into that area of Wikipedia, and he had been at least for a year. Um, changing these articles to his point of view, which was a very negative view of Michael Lucas and the people who appear in his movies. Um, so my making those two changes sort of upset, I think, some sort of power base that he had on, on a basically area of Wikipedia that's not heavily trafficked. And so you made the change, he was offended, and he starts going after you. Yeah, and... The, the first thing that he did was um, I had recently uh, gone to Israel to interview their president, Shimon Perez, um, for, uh, for the site and also to, um, to do some photography. Uh, I photographed the, the, you know, a lot of the country for a lot of the Israeli pages. Um, and uh, one of the things that one of, one of my photos went up on Orthodox Judaism on that article, and it's of an Orthodox couple. And... Uh, unexpectedly, that was a somewhat controversial co- um, photograph, I think mainly because it showed a woman in it. Um, and uh, I think that there are some issues with that. Um, I'm not really quite sure, uh, not being Jewish myself. And so um, he sort of latched on to that argument to argue against my photograph. Then he went over to um, at least two or three different um, administrator boards, the Conflict of Interest Board and also the Admin Notice Board, and started arguing against the changes that I made. So the community actually looked at what his, um, what his uh, 
issues were, and they decided that he was wrong, which just infuriated him. Um, and it seemed, I'm, I'm making a, a conclusion that it's a him, by the way. Um, and so he ended up, uh, over the next several months, um, repeatedly raising these issues. Then he started disguising his identity. Uh, I'm known for photographing uh, authors here in New York. Um, and uh, he went on as, a, as, an, uh, as an anonymous author and basically said that I had gummed up the entire literary publicity machine in New York City, that authors were afraid to go to public readings um, because I might be there with my camera. Uh, and it was, uh, it, I mean, it, it sounds so ridiculous, some of the things that he was saying, but it worked because of the repetition um, and because he, you know, he's not, he's not stupid. He was actually making very uh, eloquent arguments. Uh, I, I have to give him credit. He was at times funny. Um, he, was, uh, he, he was very well-spoken that people started questioning whether or not there was validity to the things that he was saying. Um, and then eventually it turned violent, where um, the uh, you know um, uh, uh, sexual uh, references to me. Uh, he started saying that I was um, uh, having sex with people that I was interviewing. Um, that that was one of the you know because I, I had actually gotten quite a bit of access that was a little unprecedented in in um, in the Wikipedia contributors. Uh, history was, you know, I, I kind of was, the point was to say, look, we can actually get these things ourselves. We can actually get people to do uh, photographs. We can meet with people. We can interview people. Let's really make this site something that's very interactive and useful and start actually talking to the people and the things that we cover and, and creating this body of knowledge ourselves. That was the whole point behind my work. Uh, and what he did was he sort of took that as a sign that I was, um, you know, uh, you know, getting these interviews through uh, other ways, that I was a drug addict, that I was an alcoholic. Then he started, I was going to give a talk at Columbia University about my work, and uh, I was, you know, he, he uh, said that I, I would be attacked if I went there, um, and just on and on and on. It was just getting crazy. See, now I would love to take it down, uh, down that path. I, mean, I wish the situation didn't exist, but um, I do want to pursue that line uh, a little bit further, but Lisa, maybe if you can tell us a little bit about your experiences there and then additional questions together. Um, so can you maybe get into what what was your experiences and, and what have you encountered uh, in working with Wikipedia? Well, I'd say the most straightforward one is the one I wound up opening a, an FBI case over. Um, it began with uh, the biography of a private investigator and, ironically enough, former gay porn star um, named Paul Baresi and uh, a couple of related articles. This is not a savory area of, of Wikipedia. It's not an area where I have any actual interest. But sometimes there's requests for assistance um, of various sorts, and I went over and found that somebody... Um, was defaming Mr. Baresi and was defaming other editors and um, was uh, running multiple accounts in order to try to manipulate on-site discussions about that. These were very clear policy violations. And when I documented uh, the abuse, I, I put a six-month ban on the person. And very shortly afterward, uh, the individual used the site's email function to ask me how to appeal. Now, I have that going into Gmail, so it doesn't give away my, my actual location. Um, and I replied, but um, instead of actually pursuing um, an appeal, 
the person continued to email me, and over months it got to the point where the person was vowing that I would get it when I least expected and um, sending me graphic fantasies of me being maimed or raped or killed. At that point, um, I checked out the email headers. I I was already aware that the person's um, ISP resolved to Virginia, so I thought, I'm in San Diego. He's thousands of miles away from me. But I looked into it more carefully and discovered the person was within driving distance of my home. And at that point, I contacted law enforcement. Now, what, what, what can law enforcement do to help you out here? Um, well, um, by any reasonable person's standard, these are threats. Uh, this, is, this is not protected speech. Um, and uh, the question is locating this person, um, and, uh, preferably intimidating them so that they don't do it again to me or anybody else. Uh, but if need be, um, I would have no problem um, taking the fellow to court. Uh, obviously, this is someone who, um, if he detaches from me, uh, I think this kind of person would just go out there and find somebody else to pick on. And there needs to be, uh, um, how would I put it, there, there need to be some boundaries for this kind of behavior. Well, um, I guess this is a question for either David or Dorova. Um at the, at the Wikipedia Foundation, the, you, you can't be the first two editors or administrators ha- um, harassed or hassled by, um, quote-unquote, disgruntled users. No, is, no. There any thing, is there any steps or processes in place to, um, to deal with Internet bullying? In, in my experience, there, there is not. Um, it's something that has, uh, in, in researching this, I, I found it's something that's continually discussed, but... Um, it's uh, inertia uh, works against any change. Um, I, I also think that the the foundation is a little concerned about um, well about some of the values of the site um, first off, which is making sure that it's a very free uh, and uh, an open community. Um, but they also I think are are concerned about. Um, how did you know? As I as I mentioned, I, I did an, at least an hour hour and a half interview with um, with Eric Moeller uh, over the over the telephone, and um, you know, and and he he raises a valid point: is that it's very difficult to try and figure out who is the thirty year old you know serial killer and who is the thirteen year old jerk sitting in his mother's basement. Um, you know, but one of the problems is that you know, at the very least, it should not be able to go uh, to to be carried on the site. Uh, you know, there's only so much you can do about emails and off-site harassment, but the, the foundation is not even stopping the, uh, the, the harassment that's happening on the site. And I think that that's where I, I take the, the basic problem. Well, I, to yeah. be honest, I, I'm, curious, I'm curious what the difference between a 13-year-old in someone's basement and a 30-year-old potential murderer is when it comes to Internet bullying. It's, I mean, they're doing the same thing. It's, it's harassment, it's harassment, it's harassment. Well, if somebody makes a threat to bomb a school, it doesn't matter whether they're 13 or 30. The, the, <coughs> the cultural and, and the law enforcement take it seriously. And, and we're stepping forward on behalf of other editors who are not in a position to be as open as we are and saying, well, let's not wait until somebody gets assaulted. Um, because at the rate things are going, we're concerned that that may really happen. Not immediately, and we know that the rates is not our slope, but... We, we don't want to see it go too far. Both David and I, um, both of our, um, in, in both cases, the perpetrator is, has not been caught yet. 
And so obviously in positions like this, not very many people would be willing to, to speak openly about it. We know of other cases, um, and we're respecting their decisions and, and their privacy. Well, actually, I, um, I'm not sure if Wikipedia editors or administrators sometimes have a choice about whether to be open or not. I'm actually looking at a page right now um, that was put up by, well, actually somebody who's known to the search marketing community, Daniel Brandt, um, that shows the real names of a number of the, of the avatars used by Wikipedia, Wikipedia um, administrators or, or editors. How do you guys feel about outside people outing your real names? Well, I'll tell you what Mr. Brandt's done in the last couple of days. Since I stepped forward publicly and, and talked about um, the, the threats I've been receiving, Mr. Brandt went out of his way and published the entire list of my Facebook friends. Yeah, Daniel Daniel Brand has uh, has has been able to um, parlay a, uh, a reputation as a privacy advocate, uh, but he's he's not. He's more of a uh, he's more of a privacy thug. Um, he uh, he was recently quoted uh, only just like a month or two ago in Business Week as a privacy advocate. Uh, but really, what he does is he researches people and he tries to figure out who they are so he can expose them. Um, and and even uh, do do as much as start posting uh, names of their friends on his website uh, in order to in order to uh, force their hand to do his will. Um, he's really not a privacy advocate. I don't know why he's gotten that. Uh, you know, no, that, last, that last July he threatened to um, to publish my name and personal information on his website unless I used my administrator tools to block him and uh, to unblock him and to block somebody who had blocked him. I mean, this was just this was clear-cut coercion. Um, I stood up to it very quickly afterward. We got a coercion clause into Wikipedia's policies. He claims that he doesn't think Wikipedians should be editing anonymously um, but and that it has something to do with defamation, but he pays no interest in the people who defame us. At another website, not run by Mr. Brand, um, somebody put up a recent photograph of my 74-year-old uncle who survived 9-11 from a high floor, along with my uncle's real name and a not very subtle threat to harass my uncle if I didn't stop editing Wikipedia. Mr. Brandt shows no interest in finding the identities of people who do that kind of clear-water harassment. Now, that was, that was the posting over at Encyclopedia Dramatica. Is that correct? Yes. And there's uh, the other the other aspect of it is that when they when they do out people, they actually show that people have cause for concern. Um, a very high ranking uh, arbitrator um, on our site recently left. He was one of the most high, if not the most highly respected people uh, on the on Wikipedia. He was respected by critics and by the people on the site as uh, um, alike. And he, he protected his identity, um, you know, for his own reasons. They were never really made known publicly. Um, but when he was discovered, there was no hypocrisy behind his actions. It didn't show him at all in a negative light. And immediately, critics of the site started posting his employer's name on, uh, on websites, including Daniel Brandt did that as well, um, and started to uh, uh, question whether or not he was editing Wikipedia on his employer's time. Um, so that if anyone were to, say, a potential client or his employer were to Google his name, 
um, on the very first page were questions about what he was doing, whether he was billing clients while he was editing Wikipedia, thus impugning his reputation. Uh, another Daniel Brandt with another um, with another uh, uh, administrator on the site um, threatened to contact her employer because he didn't like some of the things that she was writing that were completely legal. So he just didn't like the, like them. So he was going to com- contact the employer talking about how inappropriate she was. So they want people to be uh, identified, um, but then when they actually find out who the people are, they start going after their paycheck. Yeah, uh, and my, own, I, my former employer was, was threatened as well. Some people going to my former employer, you know, who's no longer my employer. But... Well, Dave has one more question to slip in before we have to go to break. I hope you guys can stick around for a few minutes because this is a, a, a massive tin of worms, uh, according to uh, some of the guys in, the, in our uh, discussion forum that requires a massive plate of cookies. Dave, you had, you had a quick question? I do. Uh, you, bring, you bring up good points in, in this balance. Now, a question I'd have, like I, I go, to a, go to a bookstore, pick up a book, I, I want to know, you know, this author knows what he's talking about. How can Wikipedia address that issue? Obviously, there's some, some significant concerns with, um, you know, by the, on the part of administrators, even editors and stuff, on um, having their identities actually known at the same time as somebody who, you know, I visit Wikipedia, um, and, and it's gained a reputation as an authority. So how do you sort of address that need for, I want to know that the person that I am reading uh, is somebody that is knowledgeable, is trustable uh, in this space. Lisa, do you want to take that or do you want me to? Well, no, I, I can. Um, Wikimedia Foundation set things up with a certain privacy policy, and if somebody wants to petition them in a legitimate manner uh, to alter that, then that's fine. But I think that strong-arming individual volunteers is, is entirely the wrong way to go about it. And note that both... David's harasser or stalker and mine um, were the people who were trying to put bad derogatory information into biographies of living persons. He and I got targeted because we were trying to stop that. We were trying to keep the site honest. We were trying to serve the people that uh, Wikipedia articles depict properly. And we have been targeted um, on a very personal level because of that decision. Okay, I have to take us out to a break right now. We've um, come over time, and we're going to be going over time on the show. Sorry, studio. Um, friends, this is Jim Hedger from MetaMen.com and Dave Davies from BeanstalkSEO.com. We have two Wikipedia administrators on on the show talking about harassment and well, the, the, really some of the, the Internet bullying in cyberspace. Stay tuned. We'll be back on Webcology after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Hey, what's that sound coming from your computer? That's the sound of me making money with Referback.com. They've shown me how to... Referback.com showed me how to turn clicks on my existing site into cash. Referback gives you free banners, mailers, even your own personal account manager. Oh, can they help me make money off my blog, too? Absolutely. Your websites, your blogs, they can all be making you money. You can even earn 50% commission on your first month. Put some into your website. Just visit Referback.com. 
When it comes to finding the right customers with the right keywords, all you have to remember is ABC Search. ABC Search is the world's largest privately held pay-per-click network, giving advertisers the best pay-per-click traffic with over 6 billion searches a month and industry-leading protection using ClickShield. Their patent-pending fraud identification software, you can trust ABC Search to deliver the best possible traffic. When thinking about PPC and publisher solutions, all you need to remember is ABC Search. Quality partners, quality search. ABCSearch.com. Dude, fishing in Costa Rica is going to be awesome. Amen, bro. Now that Value Click Media had netted Fast Click, we've got one of the largest online advertising networks fishing us for big bucks. You know, while we're out catching snapper. Hey, Steve, you're coming too, right? No, I'm still using BenAzRUs.com. I can't afford to be away. You've got to work with Value Click Media. I've got this great account manager who's easy to work with, and they have access to the best advertisers and earn me high rates. Don't worry. We'll bring back pictures. Yeah, terrific. Visit Value Click Media now and click on Solutions for Publishers for more details value click media business is changing and new marketing avenues are opening up every day webmasterradio.fm wants to give you the market edge join host larry weber as he speaks to the innovators and trendsetters who are taking us to a new age of social media e-communities and the blogosphere market edge with larry weber tuesdays at noon eastern 9 a.m pacific and on demand after the show inside the internet marketing channel only on webmasterradio.fm we're everywhere find the webmasterradio.fm web 2.0 watering hole and have a drink on us webmasterradio.fm is now on facebook myspace and twitter find us now on the webmasterradio.fm homepage. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Welcome back to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. Friends, this is Jim Hedger from metamen.com and Dave Davies from beanstalkseo.com. We have on the line David, uh, David Shankbone and... Uh, Lise Bohr, otherwise known as Derova from Wikipedia. Um, friends, we're back, and we were kind of left with the question of credibility. Um, and I'm, I'm going to re-paraphrase the question on Dave's behalf. Um, how do Wikipedia users know that the editors or administrators um, really know their subjects? Well, if I, can, uh, if I could um, back up Lisa with, uh, with what she was sort of saying, with a, another avenue is is you know, we're not supposed to really be, um, you know, we're not supposed to actually, the information isn't supposed to be coming from us. We're more conduits. Uh, th- there should be citations to, if there's, a, if, there's a, if there's a particular piece of information that you're wondering whether or not it's credible, it should have a citation behind it um, that you can actually go and check who that person is. So who put it there? It shouldn't make a difference if it was Lisa or Jim Hedger or myself. Uh, it should not. It should be coming from a from a published source. Uh, there's certain information that you don't need, like the sky is blue. You don't need a citation for that. But if it's controversial, you should have one. But but then we get cases uh, like the infamous SJ, um, the the student who was trying to fob himself off as a, a professor and a, a true ex- expert in medieval history. But nobody actually, uh, I haven't seen uh, anything online where they actually question the information that SJ has put up. It's all about, 
who who he he was or was not not saying so look at all of this wrong information that he actually put onto wikipedia i don't think that he was actually citing to sj himself he was just saying he was just purporting to be uh someone who was a knowledgeable uh expert on the subject but i haven't seen where anyone's gone say now look at all of these sj edits and 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 i can actually prove that they're all wrong and that the information is incorrect he was a Indeed. young guy in his early 20s who, who was putting on a, a persona online, like a lot of people do. And he did superb work for the, universe, uh, for, the, um, for the project in many respects. He also made, because he was in his early 20s and he didn't know the world of journalism very well, he made a terrible mistake of lying about his background to a reporter from the New Yorker. Now, once he went, he also later went to to work um, for the Wikimedia Foundation. When he did, he posted a correction and a disclosure on on his um, page. But of all the people to lie about your background to a Pulitzer-winning journalist for the New Yorker, um, I don't think he realized, as young as he was, what that meant. And and I'm very sorry it played out the way it did because he really was a superb volunteer in every other respect. Well, let's shift gears for a second. I, 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 I want to get back to the harassment and, uh, and cause for harassment. Now, Wikipedia has been, um, or a couple years ago at any rate, was seen by a lot of people in the search marketing community as a conduit to extraordinary links and thus extraordinary wealth. And Wikipedia dealt with that by applying no follow to, uh, to many of the links coming out of there. But as I understand it, many people in the search marketing community tried to start muscling editors, muscling administrators to, to, to get their way on Wikipedia. I, is that correct? I'm not so sure if it's people in, in the search marketing area who, who really muscle in that regard. It tends to be more ideological. Um, I know for one arbitration case, um, I documented an extensive off-site um, coordination campaign by a certain ideological group, I don't know if I'll, I'll mention it, um, to, to bring people onto Wikipedia in, in massive numbers to pursue a particular ideology. Um, and, and the editors who are, you know, the regular people who are committed to the site and had written featured articles, administrators and so forth, um, were really getting flooded to the point where they were, they were frustrated and they were um, at the end of the rope. Uh, that's a problem. And and I think it's just people who have an interest in having information uh, seen in, in one light or another. It's not always ideological. I dealt with one with the with the um, marketing director of a law firm um, up in up in Boston who had come under fire for taking on a, um, a controversial case, and Harvard Law School would not let them come onto their onto their campus to recruit. Uh, I, I, this was a very well, uh, well cited um, section on their article on Wikipedia about this law firm, and it was notable. They continually try to take it off, and they tried to strong arm me. They wanted me to, to call them. They, uh, you know, they they sort of made allusions to um, further action, uh, especially legal action. That's another very common thing, and that, and it's like in the end, get. Boston, uh, get the Boston Herald to not report about it if you don't want this to be known or don't take the case. Now, I guess here's kind of a pointed question then. It sounds to me like, uh, you know, your stories are not unique. Um, not at all. From what, it, from what you're mentioning, 
if let's say one of your friends came up to you and said, you know, I'm thinking of uh, of joining as an editor and, and hoping, you know, to, to to work my way up, would you recommend they even join, or is it just too is is uh, is Wikipedia sort of almost doomed, if not for for people who who would keep doing it, but um, who who would want to if if this is what you're setting yourself up for? Well, let's put this into who would want to do that? If if you don't mind. Um, uh, we're talking about a very, very small core of, of Wikipedia's most prolific volunteers. I'm, I think, one of the 400 most prolific editors out of millions. Um, and if you go in and you see a typographical error, oh, go, go ahead and fix it. If you want to write an article, go ahead and fix it. 99% of the articles, you'll never run into anything like this. Um, if you step forward in controversial areas, um, in in a visible way, the way that David and I have, and the way that some other other very dedicated people have, then yes, the odds of this go up. Um, well, if something is controversial in the real world, it it will be controversial in Wikipedia. I remember from an interview uh, you and I did about a year ago, Lise. Um, mm. There's uh, there's about thirty thousand edits that happen at Wikipedia per month. Uh, actually, I'm sorry. There was about five. You, you cited a number of five thousand edits per day, and this was a year ago. In that That's number, there's there's going to be a certain number of people who disagree with the edits. But what I'm curious about is why is this so important to them? I think it's that people who are not fully rational often have a better instinct than normal people for power relationships. They see where power is, and they see where vulnerability is. And Wikipedia has both in spades. Now, I don't know whether um, maybe MySpace and Facebook and some other places, the what you guys would call in the SEO field, power users might experience uh, similar things. I'm, I'm on a couple of these other sites, although not to the extent that I am on Wikipedia. And, and for the most part, people are shy about talking about it because if you step forward, you do you make yourself more of a target. So it's, it's a tough decision. Wikipedia seems to go out of its way to try to create a very democratic culture with, with, within the, the within its volunteer base. Is that very democratic culture one of the reasons it has difficulty reacting to issues of harassment? I, I think it is. I mean, in, in my... Uh in my experience, the um, you know, and, and in other people's experience, I actually talked to quite a few people about their own experiences. Um, is you, you kind of have a, a schizophrenic reaction um, to the uh, to the to the harassment and the stalking. Um, any any time that you've gotten into a, uh, an argument with someone online on Wikipedia. Uh, and then they see you later on sort of struggling, um, dealing with something, they may agree with the harassment. Um, there's another group of people, uh, and I, I have to give t- credit to, uh, to Dorova here, as you know, she's one of those people who um, simply does not tolerate the harassment and stalking at all. Um, and they'll actually put themselves on the line and, uh, and risk becoming a target of the, of the stalkers and the harassers themselves um, by stepping in. But then there's a third that one that are, are sort of anti-censorship. Um, and even though they don't think harassment and stalking should happen, you know, they want to almost endlessly discuss the principle of, of whether or not we should even have the, uh, ha- remove these messages 
or whether that would be, uh, you know, um, you know, what, what's the what's the principle? Does this go too far, or is this just criticism? And some people take some people take harassment as criticism, and some people take criticism as harassment. And you know, uh, it, it, it should be pretty obvious when one is the other. I don't think that there's any legitimate criticism in, in saying you may be violent atta- violently attacked, David, if you attend an event at Columbia University. Exactly. Nothing, That's the problem. Nothing to do with um, building an encyclopedia. Uh, violent threats should be a low bar to be able to define harassment. And, and what really the community <laughs> needs to figure out is say, okay, well, well, at the very least, can we all agree that this is a low bar, repeated violent threats? You know, that doesn't seem to have any intellectual uh, you know, um, purpose. Wikipedia is a mirror of the larger culture, and unfortunately, harassment and stalking are an area where it is still socially acceptable to blame the victim. If you say, my car got stolen, you're going to get a straightforward response. You don't have to explain to people that car theft exists. You don't have to defend yourself against people who say that you brought the car theft onto yourself or, or that you're just raising uh, claims of car theft uh, in, in order to draw attention to yourself. Um, we want to get it to um, where clear-cut cases uh, that, that, that have a potential for real-world manifestation are handled on about the same level, because they're actually more serious than car theft. Now, if these issues can't be addressed, are we setting, or, or is Wikipedia basically being set up by no fault of their own, um, in a scenario where uh, the bad guys win, like Lisa, you had mentioned, that you know, as long as you stick to this 99%, you're not going to encounter any problems. It's only when you head into these areas. Uh, you know, apparently, although I wouldn't have necessarily predicted it, making some fairly minor edits to a, to a, a gay porn entry, um, are, are, is it re- really being set up that in these areas the bad guys are going to win, and unless you're editing something on you know, the population of African elephants or something like that, you're, you're really setting yourself up for, for a problem? Do you have an answer to that, David? Well, I think it, sometimes it's, uh, it, you know, the, the Michael Lucas issue is, is kind of um, a strange one because uh, I didn't know Michael very well at the time that I made that um, correction. And because I, I was coming into contact with a lot of people, including, you know, I interviewed Al Sharpton and I interviewed the president of PETA, Ingrid Newkirk, um, you know, I, I interviewed a lot of the president of the ACLU, a lot of people who were very controversial. And, um, you know, for me, like correcting some errors, because I would always be immediately met with, these are the things that are wrong on my page. And I would, you know, and I would try and check them. The, uh, I didn't really even know, uh, you know, Michael Lucas's whole background. I didn't know the columns that he wrote that had upset people. Um, and for me, they were such basic, minor edits that I didn't really even think two things about it. You know, so it's... I, I, I don't, you know, it, it's hard. It's, it's, you don't know what's controversial to, to one person or another. And Wikipedia is really much more, it's a mirror for our society. It's become, it's become sort of society itself, symbolic. You have people who um, exist out there uh, on criticism sites who have never gotten over the fact that they've been banned from editing Wikipedia. Most of us, if we were banned from a website, we would say, well, screw you too. 
you know, I'll go somewhere else. But with Wikipedia, it, it, it has this different place in people's imaginations and, and what it symbolizes, and it's almost like they've been banned from society. And they spend years then, uh, you know, complaining about their banning and complaining about Wikipedia on these sites. Like, they've never, ever gotten over it. You know, it, it's, it's strange. It, it, it's definitely it's a different website. It's, you know, it means that. something different than most places do. Um, you know, it, it's, it's also kind of chancy who, who an, an unstable person would decide to target. I mean, I had gone over to the Michael Lucas biography. I mean, I, I don't really edit the general topic of gay porn, but once in a while I do dispute resolution. And me neither, by the way. <laughs> and, and there had been um, a request for comment, and I was answering lots of requests for comment, and I went over there, and there's a question of self-published material from this blog, can that be accepted? I mean, you know, just dry stuff having nothing to do with the content um, of, of what is proper citation. And I answered that, no problem. And there was a second request for comment several months later, I answered that too. And I might have interacted with the same person at that time. I know I interacted with the same person later on when, I, when the individual targeted David and I began um, reverting um, graphic sexual fantasies about him the um, the threat at Columbia University, other stuff. Um, on a sister project, I had to protect several pages. I'm an administrator there. Um, and the person never singled me out for the same kind of uh, abuse as, as David. So uh, it's a bit chancy, even when you have somebody who's a live wire. Um, I guess they only have resources to target so many people at a time. And Jim, the, the the other issue is that you know it's what I call the William French Anderson uh, problem. William French Anderson was a very famous geneticist um, who's responsible for a lot of breakthroughs in the area of genetics, uh, and he was you know recently imprisoned for um, for pedophilia. He molested a a, a co-worker's um, a colleague's uh, daughter, I think it was, um, and. There's, it, it, if you go to his article, at least, you know, especially right after he was um, convicted of this molestation, um, there was this huge paragraph about the, the molestation, but there was very little about his genetic work. And it's a, it's a challenge for a lot of people because genetics is a very difficult area for a lot of people to write on casually. Um, and, but you have a very motivated group of people who, who, who dislike the man um, for what he was convicted of. So a lot of times, the areas that most need the attention of a neutral editor to go in there and make corrections and make sure that, uh, you know, the, the, uh, 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 an objectionable person um, is, you know, is, is at least portrayed neutrally and accurately uh, are the areas that would most likely make you the target, you know. And, and you could, you know, you could very well see if you're going in there saying, look, you guys are really uh, hanging this guy out to dry, you know, and his entire article is about this one event in his life, there's a lot of people who would, sit and would automatically start pegging you as a, as a defender of pedophiles and, and possibly a pedophile yourself, even though you're just trying to actually just, you know, do knowledge justice. And that's what I call the William French Anderson problem on Wikipedia. Indeed, that's a, that's a great explanation of said problem. Um, we're running very short on time. I just got a message from studio that uh, I, have a, I have maybe one or two questions I can get in, and I'm going to have to invite both of you back because I don't think we've even scratched the surface of this topic. Um, a quick question for, for Dorova. Um, how many other Wikipedia editors or administrators, this is an estimation, have had to step down because of harassment? And has intervening in harassment ever actually worked to stop the harassment? Hmm. Um, let's see here. I, I think it has 
work to stop the harassment? Because I know there have... It, I guess it depends on how um, how attached the individual gets to the, the, the target or to the subject. And the best way is to demonstrate very early on when they're testing the boundaries that boundaries exist and that they will be... Um, that they will be enforced uh, regularly. And if you can do that, um, if it happens on site, and it often does, if, if you do that swiftly and firmly, you know, without engaging in the person um, emotionally, then then very often they just move on and they find whatever else they do with their lives, they go and do that. Um, and in terms of an estimate, um, overall numbers, I... I don't want to say. I know that I'm one of the people that informally people come to when they have a problem because they know I take it seriously. Um, well, should the foundation take this problem more seriously? I think they do. I think they're not sure what to do. And I think what's needed is awareness and advocacy and better laws uh, because it, most of the laws were written pre-Internet in, in static things where you have, you know, some uh, some some ex-husband with a, um, with a domestic violence background and, and to protect uh, an ex-wife and children in that situation. That doesn't translate so well into situations where it, it's, uh, it's so easy to cross jurisdictional lines, even when uh, you're, you're physically close enough to have something done, and where you have individuals who facilitate the harassment by tactically disclosing information that a, a, a person who's already um, uh, a stalking can utilize. Um, that, is, that is a level that um, we need to address. I mean, David, we is there anything that other webmasters can do to help out somebody in your situation? I think that the, the, the primary thing is that they need to come up with um, standards. Uh, Jim, Jimmy Wells and Tim O'Reilly uh, talked about this during the Kathy Siegel mess, um, is that you know, we really shouldn't be talking to – we should be all communicating with each other online as if we were sitting across the table from each other. So I think for webmasters, it's coming up with, um, with standards of, of communication, and, and, and they shouldn't really be any different than if we were in person with each other. And, yes, things can get heated, but – you know, it's uh, you know, most people don't talk to each other the way they talk to each other online, and I think that that's what webmasters really should be doing: is coming up with a set of of guidelines and principles, and making sure people follow them uh, without, you know, without fail. Well, I'm afraid we're going to have to leave it at that. Um, we've run out of time on yet another hour, um, but I'd like to invite both of you back on a future show. As I said, I don't think we've even come close to scratching the surface on this. Um, David and Darova, thank you both very much for being on Webcology today. Thank you very much, Jim. Friends, this has been Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. We were talking about the issue, issues that webma- Wikipedia editors and administrators face when it comes to harassment. This is a real problem online, and we, we could cite dozens of different examples. Uh, Next week, we're going to be doing a show geared towards SES Toronto. It's going to be a phenomenal conference. I hope to see a lot of you folks there. Uh, Dave, brother man, until next week, enjoy the, enjoy the sudden sunshine. Indeed, and enjoy your flight. This is Jim Hedger from, Be- from metamen.com and Dave Davies from Beanstalk <laughs> SEO. Stay tuned to WebmasterRadio.fm. We've got more great content coming up after these messages. <laughs>